everybody, and welcome back to All Things Medical Assistant. I'm your host, Santino Tejas. Thank you again, everybody, for, for hanging out, coming back, sticking around. It means a lot. Thanks, like I said, you know, and all of you new listeners, I hope uh, this is something uh, that you'll you'll find um, entertaining, you know, amusing, at least informative. And if you know of anybody who likes you know podcasts such as these, please send them our way. Much appreciated. If you do listen to me on Spotify or uh, Anchor dot com or Anchor dot FM, you can send a um, voice message. Um, all of those, you know, though I have to say, my Apple Podcast audience, thank you, thank you, thank you. Um, you're much appreciated. So, you know, <clears throat> wanna wanna kind of change things up here. You know, every time I come on here, I kind of talk about this and I kind of talk about that, and I kind of get this, oof, this just this conundrum or this. It's 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 all about the same thing. So we're gonna we're gonna try and change things up here and on all things medical assistant. Uh, excuse me, my drink some of my coffee here. Don't worry, it's still medically related. Though I want to expand on on what it is that that we're doing on the show here. Um, <clears throat> you know, so I've been listening to other podcasts and trying to get a better idea how I can provide you a better podcast. You know, I mean, damn, the last thing I want to become is boring, right? I don't want to bore you people. I don't want to bore my audience. I don't want to bore my listeners. You know, I'm I'm hoping I have, uh, you know, um, dedicated listeners out there. And if, if I do, thank you. So... Let's yeah, let's change it up. So, how am I going to start this? How am I, well, you know, I'm going to talk a little bit more about you know a road to redemption because that's what I feel like. I feel like I'm on a fucking road to redemption, though I've done nothing wrong when it comes to this world of medicine. You know, it's, but, but I feel like I'm always trying to to prove something. You know, just just past week, I, I think it was Wednesday, no Tuesday, no Wednesday, I had my um, evaluation with my manager. You know. You know, she's she's all right. You know, she's a little rough around the edges and makes her decisions. She's very black and white. You know, no, I respect her though. You know, but you know, I actually had a pretty good evaluation. Very proud of myself. You know, there was there's one area that I'm still kind of confused about how I fell short. But you know, neither here nor there though. You know, I still have a job, and you know, this these past couple of weeks I've been trying to. Make sure that I enjoy it. You know, and it's funny because when you think about your job and where you're at, when you get to points where you're just not liking your job anymore, you're wondering, well, fuck, what am I going to do? You know, do I go back to school? How much longer do I have to graduate if you are in school? There's just, you know, there's just all these um, variables in, in, in play there. But you're trying to figure out, well, you know, where did things go wrong? Why are things so tough? Why am I not so happy with my job or what's going on? You know, there's there's many, many other you know, components to this, you know, management and administration and <clears throat> the finance and, you know, every, every company likes to talk about how they're fucking starving and how they're just, you know, trying to save money and short on cash, you know, and, and, and the only way I'm going to believe it is if I see you on TV and you filed bankruptcy. So if you're on TV and you filed bankruptcy, or if you send a letter and you're saying, I filed bankruptcy, okay, then I might feel sorry for you, but you know, just, I don't know, maybe about a month or so, you know, we get this email, you know, within the internet, you know, within, within the University of Washington that says <clears throat> it was a great year. You know, the, the, the fiscal quarter starts, I guess, July or the new fiscal year starts in July or something like that. But they had said that how the University of Washington had brought in 12 million more than what they were projecting. Right. But I guess they weren't happy with that. I guess they want 12 billion. You know, I guess they'd be happy with that. Like twelve million, we we brought in twelve million more dollars than what we were expecting to bring in, you know. And then when it comes to the urgent cares, when it comes to the urgent cares, the urgent cares brought in uh, an overprojected, uh, or they brought in eleven percent more than what they were thinking. I don't know what that, that what that means in in a, a, a tangible amount, but still, it's more than fucking ten percent. It's a lot more than what I got. So you want to think, well, I guess I'm doing my job right. I still have a job. I come to work. You know, everybody's making money. The company's making money. You know, why am I, why am I unhappy? You know, and, and, and I remember when I first got there in 2019, February, I had left Kaiser. 
Permanente up in Seattle. Um, don't trust HR, guys. HR is not there to protect you. HR is there to protect the interests of the corporate of the entity, the corporation, the company. So don't think we're on your side. We're human resources. We're on your side. Bullshit. They're on their side. They're there to take care of their own ass. They're there to keep their ass out of litigation. They're there to keep their ass out of having to pay anything monetary. So, you know, if they send you a fucking birthday card that says from your human resources department, we care. Bullshit. More than anything, more than likely, they're having to provide you services because either it's agreed upon by union or they just figure, well, we might as well do something to make it happen. But, yeah, don't don't fall into this fucking trip about um, they're there for you because, you know, it's bullshit. But anyways, even though I've had situations where they've had my back, you know, that's 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 good. But, you know, not only have I had, have they had my back, but I've had my own back because of, you know, my situations were, were, were either unjust or I was right. But anyways... So, you know, why? You know, I mean, I started this a long, I started this journey a long time ago, and I was so happy when I started. You know, I mean, I fell into medicine, you know, by, 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 <clears throat> by, mis- not mistake, but by, by curiosity, actually. Um, 1993, I was, you know, well, let me start by saying this. You know, so I was born in El Paso, Texas. I was born into a family of politics, into a family of business, you know. Um, you know, I remember growing up, uh, hanging around some pretty powerful people, some pretty, you know, influential people. You know, we're talking Ron Coleman, Peggy Rosin, Henry Cisneros, you know, if you don't know these names, look them up. Uh, you'll find them more within Texas political history than anything. You know, and I've got some family, you know, some political legacies in my family as well, you know, mayors, ambassadors, and councilmen, and, and commissioners and stuff. You know, I myself won my first election. I won a couple of elections, you know, I was you know, I ran a couple of um, groups, you know, so I, I, I was this happy kid, you know, grew up firstborn grandchild. My mother's the only daughter and, you know, successful grandfather. And, you know, him and I were like, you know, how we were, people thought I was his son, even though his sons were grown, you know, it was, it was nice. You know, my grandfather was a very, is, excuse me, though, rest in peace. It's been a long time. My grandfather's a beautiful man. You know, he's a great man. He, he had this, he had this zest of life for the people that deserve to be treated such just and as, as everybody else, you know, namely the underprivileged, the poor and, you know, the, you know, undocumented and stuff like that. You know, everybody deserves, especially when you came to children, you know, children and education. Whoa, holy shit. Education was, you know, the... I think the, the the pinnacle of his reason for being, um, you know, around was to fight for education. He did wonderful in politics, but fight for education for the kids, you know, and and, and he, 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 he instilled that in us, you know, and, and even today, you know, I'm, I'm 47 and I'll be 48 at the end of the year. I'm about maybe six courses away from graduating with my psychology degree and I'll continue to go further. I'll probably, I'm, I'm reapplying for physician's assistant school. So you see, <clears throat> even at 47, it's been years since my grandfather's passed, and I'm still pursuing my education, you know, because on his deathbed, he had me promise him I'd continue my education and I would take care of my mother. So my mother's in the home. You know, I'm keeping that score upright. So now I just got to finish my education. Well, anyways, I digress. So, you know... So how did I fall into to, to medicine? Well, the mother to my first daughter, my first child, um, if I remember right, I think she had said, well, you know, I mean, I'm again, family business. I didn't have to go to work. Still got paid. You know, I was just fucking spoiled brat. You know, I needed something to take up my time. What do I do to take up my time? What can I do to take up my time? And at that time, the... Uh, was a girlfriend before she was wife, you know, um, she had said, maybe you should volunteer somewhere, go volunteer somewhere. Now, and, if, and if I, if I remember correctly, you know, as, as a kid, <clears throat> way younger, I'd always had this interest in medicine and, you know, the uniform, EMTs, emergency management, soldiers, anything that had to do with helping people that had to do with, um, putting yourself in harm's way for somebody else. 
had always had a fascination with that, right? So in 1993, um, I walked into um, Las Palmas, which is a hospital back in El Paso, and applied to become a volunteer. <clears throat> so going through the interview process, they ask you, you know, where would you like to volunteer? And I said, well, you know, how about the emergency room? Or I, th I think rather they gave me some choices. I think I was like, if anything, two choices. I said, well, I'll go to the emergency room. I'll volunteer in the emergency room. I think that sounds pretty, I think it sounds pretty cool. So I did. I, got, I was put in the emergency room and, um, you know, I there was not much you can do as a volunteer, but important stuff, you know, like, transfer gurneys, clean the gurney, you know, sometimes they let you do some pretty cool stuff, like take something to lab, you know, I mean, it wasn't necessarily just, you know, free labor, but you got to do some cool stuff, you know, and being the fucking hella cool guy that I am, you know, I made, made friends with people, you know, acquaintance or whatever you want to call them. I just, you know, I fell in line with everybody working there, you know, and pretty soon, you know, I, you know, monitoring and watching and paying closer attention to what the, you know, the EMTs were doing, to what the nurses were doing, and to, you know, when somebody was brought in off of the bay, they're in, you know, exacerbated uh, uh, response, and they need attention and intubation and EKGs and blood draws, ABGs and rainbows and all that, you know. I mean, who the fuck? I mean, you, you would hear, you know, rainbows, you know, I, I, need, I need you to draw a rainbow. Well, draw a rainbow? Well, fuck. Do you have seven crayons I can use? I was... What the fuck does draw a rainbow mean? Well, obviously now I know it means to draw every, you know, top in the every colored top in the in the, in the tube set, um, you know. Um, so yeah, so it was just it was just cool. So I went to medical assistant school, Western Technical Institute. I think it was run mostly by um, uh, Fort Bliss um, soldiers. You know, and, you know, you learn your hematocrit, EKG. You learn a lot of front office shit, and you learn how to file, you learn how to answer a fucking phone call, you know how to take a message, you know how to, you know, do everything, you know, less suck a dick. So graduate there, you know, and I go back to the ER because the nurses were like, hey, you know, if you want to do more, go to MA school, become a medical assistant. I said, cool, I'll do that. Found an MA school, went to school, became an MA. And then I went back to the ER where I started as a volunteer. And that's where I remember this life starts, you know, 30 years ago, you know, and it was, it was such an amazing time. Cause you know, I remember definitely back in that day, you know, litigation in, in, in the world of medicine wasn't such, such a, a presence, you know, like today, everybody wants to fucking sue. Everybody wants a piece of the pie. Everybody wants money, whatever, you know, this, I mean, this world today has gone so fucking crazy with labels and I deserve respect for being this and all that, you know, I mean, way too complicated. You know, I, I think half of you motherfuckers are bored out there coming up with acronyms and land, you know, I, you, I think people nowadays look for any reason to start a cause, you know, the other night or morning, actually, it was about one in the morning. Um, I tried to create a new podcast regarding the political movements or politics and stuff. Cause I think the Republican party is fucking hilarious. I'm a, I'm a grassroots Democrat myself, and uh, but I still think, and, and I think the, the, the Democratic Party is lazy as fuck recently. But, um, yeah, so I'm trying to create this podcast, and I'm talking about, you know, just how funny everybody is. But, you know, back then, you know, you know, things are so much simple, you know, it was, you know, there was... Everything, you know, all the all the labels that were out there were very simplified, you know, and, and people were happy with that. And um, it was really interesting. It's really interesting, you know. I I I I think the I think the first time I even heard the word cobra or what it was about was like in, you know, like nine, you know, nineteen ninety seven. You know, it's just it was just everything was was free flow. You know, we we didn't have a monitor that was. Um, I, we didn't have monitors that held uh, privacy settings or anything, or we didn't mask or or, or or code things. You know, we we wrote everything on a whiteboard. Um, we might remember this: you write everything on a whiteboard on with uh, uh, with an erase marker, 
you know, on a whiteboard and people stop and nobody paid attention. But, you know, somebody out there gets their fucking butt hurt because, oh, uh, you know, uh, you see that I'm here because my fucking, you know, my dick hurts. And then anyways, so. But, yeah, I remember it being so simple. You can go to work. You can, you know, you can walk in, provide your service, provide your skill, save somebody's life, improve somebody's life, keep somebody from killing themselves, you know, provide comfort, provide insight provide an education you know because medicine's a lot about education you know not just so much about going to school but a lot about you know educating people about your education what you know you know you you share your knowledge about diabetes and how someone can can be better about their about their, about their diet and managing it sugar levels you know or um if you if you're experienced in in depression somehow, or if you have this this niche to communicate about depression, so it was great. You know, the '80s were awesome. The '90s were wonderful. I think when we hit the 2000s is when everybody fucking became who knows what, and everybody deserves something. Even the person who doesn't own a piece of nothing deserves everything. Figures that they deserve everything. You know, and that's what's happened in this world of medicine. Everybody thinks that they're you know it's me 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 now now now. And that's what drives me nuts. You know, I sit, I sit there and I think back about, man, how simple was it? You know, you go, you provide your service, you, you know, you, you, you make somebody feel better, you help somebody, you make them smile, and you go on about your day. You know, I, I, I'm not the type that would leave the ER, go to the grocery store and say, hey, you know what I did today? Today I intubated somebody and now they're alive. Or today I did an EKG and I found a myocardial infarct. Uh, you know, or I felt, no, you know, because to those in the craft, that's your everyday life. You walk out, you go on with life, life goes by. You know, people know you're there as a service and they'll be there, they'll partake of the service. That's fine. That's what it's about. So yeah, so, so much simpler, you know. Um, and I remember, you know, the EMTs coming in and, and, being larger than life, just being larger than life, you know, these guys, the uniforms that they wore, the shears that they carry, the stethoscope, they're just larger than fucking life. To me, EMTs, and sometimes still are, EMTs are a bigger godsend than a physician is, than a surgeon is, you know. A lot of this in medicine, you know, a lot of these physicians and specialties, you're well-versed in it already. It becomes routine, you it's repetitive, you know. That's how people become such experts through repetitiveness. As an EMT, you're out there and things are different. Everything's every call is different, and you gotta think on your feet. You gotta figure out who you are, what you're gonna do, and how good are you at the skill? Should I even do it? Am I doing CPR the right fucking way? You know. Gosh, EMT. Wow. You go to the bar and chick would ask you, so what do you do? I'm an EMT. Oh. EMT, huh? Take me home, stud. You know, it's just, it was, yeah, you know, nowadays still, you know, you, you see somebody in uniform and you're like, wow, that's a respectable, you know, that is a fucking respectable profession there. Because I know that if I need them, they'll be there and they'll, 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 they'll help me and I can eventually come back home with my family and life is good. You know, and, and that's what the thought was back in the day. Now, Holy fuck, you know, everything's under such scrutiny, you know. Now, I understand it takes one bad apple to fuck it up for everybody, which is what happens. Like, you know, this recent EMT, um, forgot where or what state, but uh, he's got in trouble and charged for taking par- taking pictures of a woman's breasts in the back of a unit. I guess he was doing CPU or an EKG, and they were so perfect and beautiful that he decided to take a fucking picture. Fucker got caught. He's in trouble. I don't know what kind of an assault that is or what, but yeah, he's in trouble. I mean, not only are you going to probably, are you going to go to jail, but yeah, I think he went to jail, but you're going to lose your license. You'll never practice an EMT again. You sure as hell won't ever practice in healthcare. Hell no. Hell no. But that's how, that's how life has progressed, you know. So, 
you know, I'm, I'm going through life as an, as, as, as a medical assistant and, and I'm loving it. And, and mind you, I'm still working with a family business, you know, my, my grandfather had a vending business. We were into real estate. You know, I had my own little ventures here on the side here and there. My grandfather would give me money to, to, you know, to start and play around with. And usually I was never too dedicated or serious enough to make anything or let anything flourish. I just did it, got over it and moved on to the next thing. But the thing that was consistent was I kept, you know, with this medical assisting. Um, so back then, I think the big thing was CEs. You continue with, you know, you take CEs, continue education uh, courses and get your credits. And you, that's how you maintain your licenses. And I guess that's how a lot of licenses are these days. But here in the state of Washington, I believe it was 2014 or 15, um, they went from the medical assisting to medical assistant certified uh, I got grandfathered into where I don't have to take continuing education credits, so I don't have to. But uh, I think those that take nationals now, um, uh, after taking the course, have to provide CEs every two years and they have to keep up their licenses. Um, thank God I don't, because fuck, I don't have time for that shit. Well, so yeah. So, you know, I'm, going, I'm, I'm loving life. I'm, I'm loving this. I'm meeting people. You know, I made. I made some good connections with the nurses I worked with, with the nurse managers, you know, made some connections with people in the OR. And it was pretty cool because I used to work the night shift or out the 7 p to 7 a 7 p.m. to 7 a.m. shift. And, you know, I would do it Tuesday or Friday, Saturday, Sunday. And then one night I got this or one morning, I think it was, I got this big fucking hairy idea. I said, let me go across the street to Providence Memorial. There's, in this, where, where this Las Palmas is, there's a hospital literally across the street, Providence Memorial Hospital. And so, you know, I, I knew that for a fact that people, that there were people that were employed in both places, you know, they would just go back and forth. Now, let me tell you something about El Paso economics. You know, here in the state of Washington, minimum wage is, what, $15? And, you know, what I make... In, in my profession right now was double that, a little over double that. And I just got a 5% raise, so it's going to be a little bit more weight, double that, you know. Um, you know, but in El Paso, the minimum wage is still seven twenty-five. So if you got a nurse making, you know, what, what, what I'm making here out there, or anybody making, if I'm making, if I were to make there what I'm making here, holy shit, I own a house, a car. It's just here in Washington, forget it. It's the most expensive state within the you know, you know, this co-op of the United States, it's ridiculous. You know, you, you need three people to live under one roof in order to have a comfortable life. And still they beg and that's so much more. But anyways, yeah, so, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm volunteering and I'm enjoying it and I'm giving a lot of my time and I decided to start, you know, going over to this other hospital. So I started volunteering at two hospitals, right? And it was just the greatest thing. Two different settings, two different emergency rooms, you know, two different personalities. Totally fucking awesome, you know. Um, I got to wear one badge, which was accepted, you know, at both places. Um, it was just, it was just the greatest thing, you know. I, I was like, wow, you know, I mean, all because, you know, of a medical assisting certificate, you know, I'm, I'm able to do what I love to do and I can go you know, between more than one institution, I'm like, I'm just loving this shit, you know, so I would, you know, I would go to work with a family during the week and play politics and this and that, and I'm dreaming about the weekend, you know, I'm, you know, a lot of uh, people dream about the weekend, you know, club and dancing, I'm dreaming, yeah, I did that shit, but I'm thinking, ah, you know, am I going to go to Las Palmas, am I going to go to Providence, am I going to go to both, what am I going to do, you know, and it was just this, it just never ended. And that was just super cool, you know, super, super fucking cool. So, you know, time goes on and, you know, I've always been the type of person, you know, as, as time goes by that I have to push myself. I have to see how far can I, how far can I push myself? How good can I get? How good can I get? So I'm like, well, you know, I got to go. I got to keep. I got to push myself, you know, I'm happy with MA, but, you know, I want to apply more skill. I want to see if I have the ability to learn a new skill. So what did I defer back to? Well, what do you think? 
EMT, right? Because that's why I even got into it in the first place. Because EMTs are, EMTs are, they're gods, you know? Well, just like anywhere else, the EMT uh, course or curriculum is, is, is obtained through a community college. And, you know, at that time, EMTs were just, you know, was a class that everybody wanted. Everybody wanted to be an EMT. And so, you know, these classes were saturated. These, these colleges were saturated. So I don't remember how exactly, but somehow um, this lady came into my life. Her name was Wendy Younger. I don't know how I found her, but anyway, Wendy Younger, she was a female chief. She was a female who was the first female chief of a volunteer fire department, which was way out of the city limits there in El Paso. And so met with her, spoke to her, and, um, you know, she said, I have started this EMT school. Um, you know, it's going to be uh, a basic to medic course. You know, it's going to cost this much, and this is how it's going to run. You know, if you want to be part of this pilot program, you know, you're more than welcome to. So I'm like, well, hell yeah. I'm, I'm down. Let's do it. So that's where my journey as an EMT began was with Wendy Younger. Uh, this EMT class was was given out of a shed, basically. I mean, it was given out of the volunteer fire department, but it was a huge fucking shed. And if, and if any of you aren't familiar with El Paso, well, hell, it's just, it's a fucking, it's a hot pot. You know, I mean, it's now I think it's like 110 every day. It's just, it's desert. It's desert. It's just hot as fuck. So we would go to class in this shed. You know, all of you know, all of our materials were there, all of our equipment was there, and, and we're there to learn how to become EMTs. And again, this was a very condensed course. You know, it was, it was meant to be a basic to, to medic class. Usually from at that time, I don't know how it is now, but back in that day, it was about two years to go from basic to paramedic because your basic was about four to six months then you had your intermediate now the difference is, is that your intermediate there in texas allows you to provide um iv therapy you learn how to start an, uh, an iv and you're allowed to push additional drugs as a basic the only drug you can push is oxygen i mean oxygen is considered a drug and and there's there's you know, and you learn a lot of your rapid response training and your a lot of your rapid response to trauma training, you know. Very valuable. I think the EMT basic is probably the more valuable because you're there to initiate the packaging of the situation, you know. And, of course, don't get me wrong, paramedic is obviously paramount. But, you know, you ought to start somewhere, right? So to start as an EMT basic is just it's, – it's, it's, it's paramount. It's, it's just – Awesome, because you get to do, you know, so much as a basic, you know. So, yeah. So, you know, started as a basic, and I remember in class, uh, taking the class with quite a few Fort Bliss firefighters who were mandated to take this, mandated to become EMTs now. See, back in that day in El Paso, the fire department and EMS were not one. They were two separate departments, right? Um, and I think... I mean, then it was it was crazy to watch them merge because you know the fire department goes by goes by seniority, right? Goes by a chain of command system. EMS is just a bunch of guys in a fucking ambulance, a bunch of clowns, you know. So when they finally merged, fire department had an issue with EMS because they weren't on a ranking system. You know, there was no you know lieutenant, captain. There was no respect, no chain of command. Everything was a joke. You know, everything was a fucking joke. I don't know how it is now. I'm, I'm assuming it's it's changed quite a bit. But, you know, back then it was just, you know, EMTs were clowns. And still are today. Because you have to have a great sense of humor. To deal with that shit, to deal with your shit, to deal with traumas and everything, you got to. If not, you're going you're gonna to chew your hands off. But anyways, so, yeah. So we went through the course. We did it. We got it. And I made some good friends, you know. Uh, didn't have a life. A lot of studying, in-depth studying, test taking. Yeah. You know, became an EMT and uh, did a lot of outer county contract work and a lot of heroin overdoses, you know, HODs, 
DVs, a lot of, uh, you know, a lot of uh, MVA, MCI MVAs. You know, you're out in the middle of the desert. All there is to do is to drink, drug, child support, and domestic violence. Really, is all there is on the outside, on the outskirts. You know, so there, it was. There, there were heavy calls. So wonderful, 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 wonderful. I loved it. I was loving it. So then, you know, I go through the the, the intermediate course. I, I learn IB therapy. You know, go through the medic course. You know, learn ACLS. You know. The more, you know, the more stringent shit. And and then again, I'm like, gosh, I need to push myself. There's just more I need to do. What do I do? What do I, what do I go? What do I become? You know, so I'm, I'm an MA. I've got all this ER experience. I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm an EMT now. What more can I do? What can I do? You know, I don't have a college degree to apply for medical school. I, you know, there was still a lot that I lacked to get to anywhere on a very serious level so you know lo and behold to my luck um the surgical technologist program pops up with career centers of texas in el paso brand new program right brand new program and it's just it's just it's awesome you know it's i mean from what i remember this class saturated right away it was part of a school where they provided pharmaceutical pharmacy tech training uh there was also medical assisting it was a career it was a vocational school you know so you know i looked into it and i was like wow you know surgical technologist this sounds something that's you know pretty pretty exciting so you know, I'm thinking, well, is this something I can do? You know, is this something I want to do? Because obviously, you, you, you know, the, the big thing is about paying school. How are you going to pay for an education, right? How are you going to pay for an education? So, you know, you sit down. And it's funny. If you've gone to these, any of you that have ever experienced this, you go to a vocational school. You walk in. You get information. They give you pamphlets. They give you statistics. And they say, we'll get you a job. And. Blah, 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 blah. Next thing you know, they've got you in financial aid. They got you enrolled and you're starting school next week. Which that wasn't even your fucking intent. Your intent was just to go in, ask questions, and, you know, see if you even wanted to do it or not, right? But these guys, they're fucking, they're the, they're slicker than car salesmen, you know? And the thing is, is that by the time you walk out and you're so excited about starting school, six months after, your 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 monthly payments to the Department of Education start, right, for all these you know, loans that you got. But anyways, so yeah, so went in, talked to them, whatever, and they said, well, there's an entrance exam. There's an, or an entrance, um, there's an entrance interview to see if you even qualify. And basically it's this bullshit reason to see if you're, if you're even interested or if you have what it takes even, or if they feel you're even serious. It's more like a qualification interview. And I, I don't remember my interview, but I've had, <clears throat> many qualification interviews before so i could imagine it probably went the same way you know they probably ask why do you want to be it and what can you bring to it and how can you what can you bring to your co you know your, your co-students and and fuck it i sold myself i said hey man i've got this many years experience er i'm an emt blah, 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 blah. you know and i've always had the luck though when i walk in somewhere i've, you know, I've got uh significant experience and you know, their fucking eyes, I remember this, their fucking eyes light up, they're like, yeah, you know, dollar signs, right? This is a kid, we're going to let him in, we're going to get into financial aid right now, we're going to lock the deal. We're going to make sure that he becomes a student here so we can get, you know, whatever it is that we're fucking going to get from the government. So yeah, so I walked out that day, enrolled in this surgical technologist program. And then I remember that there were, I think on something like, I think the threshold was like 22 students. And I, and I think, yeah, 22. No, yeah, I wanted to go back a little bit. And I remember that I was actually, uh, somebody was actually bumped from, somebody was actually bumped from the list so I could, uh, in other words, somebody was bumped from the list so I could move up and, and take the class. I think I pushed somebody out of the way who, they, I think they just felt they didn't have um, the capacity to be successful in this course. So anyways, time going on. Um, at that time, I was dealing with some legal issues. I was on probation for a DUI. And things were very, very tenuous for me. You know, I had to be 
at home at a certain time, I had to do this, I had to tell the PO where I was, at what time, whatever, they would go check on you, you know, so, you know, I'm, I'm trying to keep my head about going through my surgical technologist program, right? Anyways, so I started within the day program, and it turned out to be a little too much, it was weird. I don't know, I just don't think, I, I didn't enjoy the, the, the day program, so I switched to evening, which was pretty cool, because it helped me get away with a lot, you know, Probation wise, but anyways, Stephen Query was the uh, surgical technologist uh, instructor. He was a a guy who had gotten his surgical tech in the Navy. You know, big dude looked like a fucking wrestler. I mean, he's just big, broad-shouldered motherfucker. He was just big dude, you know. And uh, yeah, so I think like twenty-two of us started, and I think only like five of us finished. You know, it was a lot. You know, I remember day three of class. You know, he already had instruments sitting out on the table. By the time he graduated, you know, we had memorized 350 instruments by sight. But that's because, you know, we were seeing them every day. Now, oh, I can only remember a handful, maybe 20, you know. But I'm sure if I was still in an OR realm or area, you know. Because surgery, you know, you, you've got your basic sets, you know, in every procedure, whether it's ortho, neuro, OB, whatever, you have your basic set. You know, you've got your hemostats, your 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 forceps you've got your um tenaculums retinaculums you got your towel clips you've got you've got you've got your dilators you've got you've got your 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 specific set you know you've got your general set that you use and then obviously per specialty you have your more you have your more specialized sets right so you know you it's like riding a bike so to say you you know you'll get back up and you'll you can become successful but anyways so, yeah, so I did that, you know, did my externship. I finished the course, graduated, did my externship with William Beaumont Army Medical Center, which was a fucking trip because, you know, these this was a military hospital. So these kids are, are they're flown in from I don't know where the fuck. But I remember them being flown in, you know, on a stretcher. They come in straight into the OR. I mean, we're doing hips, shoulders, knees. I mean, these are kids who are just tired. They're done. They're rubbed raw, you know, from being out there providing the service. And um, I was fucking tired of it. And I remember at that time, I don't, uh, I, I, I think, uh, yeah, there was this one classmate. We were, we were, we were both designated at this place to do our uh, externship. So he would pick me up on his hospital. So there were these two dudes on a bike, you know, and in El Paso, any hint of homosexuality or anything that appears it. Yeah, you're not. Anyways, yeah, so I'm on, I'm riding bitch on this fucking crotch rocket with this guy, you know, onto a military base, you know, we're wearing green colored scrubs because green is, uh, you know, if you go out into the world, purple is pharmacy, green is surgical, blue is medical assistant, you know, um, there's all these designations, whatever. So we're these two dudes wearing green scrubs and uh, lab coats, you know. Like doctors and surgeons wear white lab coats. We had lab coats. We we're proud. Had our names embroidered on them. Surgical technologists pin on it. You know, so we looked like two fucking happy dudes in white coats, fucking going up a main road on a on a crutch rocket. Happy as fuck. Probably, you know, we probably looked happy as fuck. You know, one be you know one behind the other, but we're happy as fuck that we're going to you know to you know to be in an in an OR. You know, get full of blood and stuff. So yeah, so. Did that and ended up doing a little bit of everything after that, you know, a little bit of thora uh, cardiothoracic, thoracic, oncology, and everything. So now then I had to leave to do some other stuff. So I stepped away from medicine for a bit. You know, family members got sick, grandpa got sick, passed away, you know, lost everything, had to renew life or renew chance in life. And, Finished, you know, my probation parole, came to Washington in 2007, started over, you know, still able to carry my medical experience. First job was at Seattle Children's and, you know, and, and, I've, and I've gone from there, you know. And when I came to Seattle, Seattle, excuse me, when I came to the state of Washington, very fucking progressive state, which is cool. It's relaxed as fuck out here. Um, you know, a lot of good, this is a great place for education, a great place to get you know, anything medically inclined, you know, I mean, it's, it's, this is where the University of Washington is, you know, this is where, 
um, the UW, I mean, the, the University of Washington is one of the top schools in, in the world. You know, their school of nursing is one of the top in the world of, you know, prestigious in the nation. You know, one of the top medical schools, you know, they have one of the top most premiered uh, physician's assistance training you know, programs, you know, in, 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 in for anywhere, you know, to be reckoned with. And I get into the medical field here and it's totally different. You know, I mean, it's just so much more invasive. So much, there's just so much more to do. You know, I mean, back in El Paso, you're, it's, 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 it's the run of the mill rut fucking medicine. You know, it's drugs, alcohol, domestic violence you know, cancer and glaucomas and, you know, pediatrics. And that's really it. You come here and, oh, holy fuck, there's just everything. You know, you've got diseases, you've got, boy, yeah, you'd have to come up here to figure it out. But, you know, my trainings that I've had up here, the places I've worked, it's been, it's been awesome. So, you know, coming up here had an issue because there's no reciprocity for licensures between Texas and Washington. So, you know, they would not take my MA. I had to redo MA school in 2010. And then, but I fought, fought, fought for my surgical technologist license, which the state did, uh, uh, did give me. And so I've been able to work as a surgical technologist here in the state of Washington as well. I ran hand surgery for about five years. Cock is cold. Well, you know, I always wanted to get back into emergency medicine. You know, I, I did this horrible run in family practice. Got into neurosurgery. That was fucking awesome. Love, love, love it. Now then, you know, the past three years I've been in, or three and a half years, I've been in um, urgent care. And a very interesting setting. Um, you know, when you work with a state facility, there's, you know, people think, oh, I'm a state employee. It's great. No, not so. Because number one, the University of Washington is fucking falling apart. It's just... Horrible management. Oh, my God. There's, it's just people are so unhappy. Uh, but, yeah, you know, when I got hired, soon to learn that where I was working wasn't really state. You know, it was the UW name, but it was under an umbrella of kind of like a DBA. But the union went to bat. We've become state employees. And so insurance sucks. But thank God I got something for myself, and for my daughter and myself. But you do have the tuition exemption program where being a state employee, you can take one class a quarter up into up to six credits, you know, and it paid for, you know, so that's helped me a lot. But anyways, so, you know, walking to this urgent care, I've got this tremendous emergency management, emergency medicine, pediatrics, neurolo uh, neurosurgical experience, thoracic, you know, I've just plethora of, you know, just, I've just been this medical whore, been all over the place and learned so much, you know, so I get hired and things start out good, you know, pretty exciting stuff, you know, very diverse. Um, this, the, the county that I work in, um, the federal way, you know, we're in the hood, we get, you know, we're, we're tied to a family practice clinic, um, you know, and, you know, we've become the pseudo family medicine clinic because of the disgusting lack of presence of family medicine due to shortage of personnel and docs and staff. But I was like, wow, you know, I remember living in El Paso. I would watch, you know, because I was I mean, I went to the University of Texas, El Paso. I started as a psych major. And so obviously I went to all the football games, but I would watch the Huskies play football, you know, and I'm like, wow, it would be great to be out there in Seattle fucking fantastic so now i'm here in seattle and we're first living capitol hill the university of washington was like five minutes down the road 10 the most and husky stadium oh my god husky stadium oh. i'm just i'm fucking in i'm just i'm in love go to football games i'm volunteering i'm you know i'm i'm all over i'm meeting people and i'm providing volunteer and it's just it's been you know it's it's awesome you know become a university employee and man, everything's falling apart. You know, there's just so much disenchant, there's just, everything's just disenfranchisement. There's just jaded. It is just horrible, 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 you know? And, you know, the way that the administration has you working, the way they make you feel, the way they make you think, the way they make you regret, the way they make you, rethink you know these it's unfortunate i've i've had coworkers that have rethought their their process in life and 
and and what it is that they're meant to do, and they end up, you know, shitting everything away, you know. Instead of being with an employer that makes you feel important and you're worthwhile and you're, I mean, no, the current manager, she's working on that and she's, she's actually making it happen. But before that, you know, you're just a fucking tool. I mean, right now you're still a fucking tool because they're, they're bleeding you to death. Don't ever take a salaried position because then you're just butt fucking yourself with their broomstick handle, right? It's a broomstick handle with a big U with a big W on it, you know, but and medicine anyways so um it's been tough you know especially with this pandemic and changes in rules and we're short money even though we brought in 12 million more than we thought and urgent cares project or project 11 percent than what we thought they're still starving for money you know a lot of changes and stuff road to redemption you know that's what it feels like it feels like a fucking road to redemption you know i'm this this Work was never, you know, medicine was never meant to be this way. Medicine was never meant to make you feel like you're not good enough. You know, when you're somebody who's got so much experience and, and, has, and has learned so much and is so valuable with knowledge, you know, for your employer to make you feel like you're just not good enough or, you know, or you're too good or you're too good, you know, there's, there's, there's something wrong there. You know, you're not supposed to be that way. I mean, every once in a while in conversation, I would talk about how, where I come from and how I started and the beauty of it all. But, you know, now when I think about it, it's because I, I think, man, where did we go wrong? Where where did we go wrong in this whole picture of of <laughs> patient care? Why is it so hard? Why does everybody want to? Why does everybody want a piece of the pie? Why does everybody want to sue everybody? You know, why is everybody fucking lazy? Get up off your ass, get a job. You know, why? Why settle on being in a homeless encampment and fucking, you know, and you know having your chick there with you in a tent? You know, yeah, big fucking man. You know, oh well, you know, it's a, excuses, excuses, fucking excuses. I got to get my dumb ass up, get to work, purposely expose myself, expose my family. And my employer makes me feel like, well, you know, you're a fucking workhorse and we're going to treat you as such. You know, if it weren't for the union, I tell you, as much as of a hindrance a union can be, they, they, they can be helpful. You know, I mean, we're about to get a 5% raise. It's, 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 these are the little things. And then you have those patients that make things okay. You know, they say, thank you. We appreciate it. You know, we come here because of your care. You have providers that tell you that you're good. And again, you know, you got managers that come on board that are actually trying to do something. But yeah, I mean, when, you know, and I think, you know, where, where did, where, where did, you know, where did I fail? Where did I go wrong? Why am I feeling this? Why do I feel like a failure? Why do I feel like I'm lost? Why am I not even happy to be in school right now? Why, 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 you know, it's not me, it's the system, you know, it's, it's the system. Why, why do I have to feel like I'm on a road to redemption? Like I'm having to prove myself again. Like I'm having to, you know, go out of my way to be, you know, no, I'm already that person, you know. And every day I have to sit there and it's funny because my coworker Shannon, she'll sit there and joke and something stressful will happen and she'll sit and repeat, I love my job, I love my job, I love my job. We'll laugh at it, you know. I've been doing that. I love my job, I love my job. Everybody laughs at it, you know. But we laugh at each other. So what, where do you go, you know? Where do you go from here? What do you do? Do you just put up with it? You know, and I've had numerous interviews, but just not the right schedules, you know. I've, I've had employers seek me out, but just not the right schedule. So again, you know, I, I sit here and I think, where have I gone wrong? What do I need to do? Do I even want to go to work today? Should I quit? But I'm not a quitter, you know. I'm a hard worker. I'm a workhorse. I'm that person you can depend on. I'm a person with pride, with ethics, who takes pride in how they do their job. I'm somebody who's you know, told what I'm worth as far as patient base goes, you know, and I have to remember, you know, that's, 
I have to remember medicine isn't about acknowledgement or recognition. Medicine is not about, you know, how much better you can be than the guy before or after you. You know, medicine is, it's, 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 it's a realm itself. It's, 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 it's its own realm, you know, it's its own world. You, you saturate yourself in education. You saturate yourself in, 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 in biology, microbiology, physiology. You saturate yourself in debt. You saturate yourself in, in everything but you, you know, you, you start a journey in medicine and you are literally putting yourself aside for the rest of your life because you're worried about, you're there to take care of it. You're taking a conscious decision. You're making a conscious decision to take on a conscious effort to take care of the world ahead of you. You know, even your family comes second best because by the time you come home, you're tired, you're grumpy, you're hungry, you're pissed. And who deals with that? Your family. And then when you're alone, you're doing shit like this, podcasts, you know, to, to make yourself feel better. Because it is, it's a journey. Podcasts are a journey, you know. They're a journey to, to to discover yourself. You know, you talk about your experiences. You talk about who you are so people can listen and learn from you and, and make decisions or understand you better, you know. Or maybe you have the right voice or maybe they know what you, who knows what the fuck or why, you know, but. You know, you get into medicine because you, you know, you love what you do. You know, unfortunately, there are good people that have broken, that they break because of the because of the way the institution treats them, you know, saturated, even management, shitty management. You know, you get into this, this field because you, you want to make a difference. And, you know, you can go to school, become a doctor, physician, surgeon, make money, have a big house, you know, fuck the hottest chick. You know, fuck the hottest guy, raise the best looking children, the ugliest kid, whatever. Have the most, you know, great dames or, you know, but you're, you're in this, it's, it's a lifestyle. Medicine is a lifestyle, you know, that, that will make you happy, will make you cry, will depress you, will upset you, will make you mad, will make you angry, will make you lash out, will make you, will make you insecure, will make you question, you know, medicine is... It's knowledge. It's such knowledge. You know, it's, 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 you know, you look at a mechanic and how the fuck do they know how to tear an engine apart? I'm sure they're looking to say, well, how the fuck do you know how you can cut the heart open and explain how it works? You know, and so it, and all that comes back when you're, when you're tired and trying to figure out where you went wrong. It's like, you didn't go wrong anywhere. It's just, Mental health, you know, it's such a big thing. Disregarded, forgotten about, pushed aside. Things have gotten so busy, so much is expected of you that you put, you push that mental health to the side. It sucks because when you think about medicine and it's, and the journey you take to get there, sacrifices you make, the relationships you lose or you put on hold, the money you have to pay back. Now you got to worry about where am I going to apply my education? Is it going to be in a clinic, private clinic? Is it going to be psychiatric, children, depression, suicidal ideations? Is it going to be in a detention center? Is it going to be with immigration detention center? What is it? You know, there's no matter where you go, it's, it's, it's going to pull your fucking heartstrings. You know, it's going to, it's going to kick you in the ass, you know, and, and that's where I'm at. Know, and I'm, and I feel like I'm on a fucking road to redemption. You know, trying to figure out where did I go wrong? Where am I? You know, I thank God I have a job and I'm in school. I'm close to graduating, but man, I'm still unhappy. You know, people say, "Hey, at least, you know, at least I have two legs and I can walk and I'm not blind." But your your problems and struggles are still your own. You know, yes, they're not as bad as other people's, but your struggles are still your own, and they're just as important as anybody else's. You know, again. Why do I feel like I'm on a road to redemption? Why am I so miserable? Why do I have to be miserable? Why do I have to feel this way? I don't know. I'm working on it. I've started. You know, I had, like I said, I had my evaluation and, and I told my manager, hey, I'm not ignoring you. Not on text back when you need help. It's just I'm having to learn 
boundaries, you know, mental health. You know, my promise is to work for you Monday through Thursday, not Monday, Thursday, and then show up Friday and Saturday because, you know, you're short on staff. Yeah, it's more it's it's more money, but I don't even see that fucking money because of taxes take it. And then what happens, you know, at the end of the week when I have to go back for my regular shift, what's happened? I'm tired. I'm mentally upset. I'm mentally exhausted. My family's getting it. And then to top it off, I missed out on a day or two days with my family, with my daughter, with me being able to go out and and partake in, you know, a, a, a different class or, you know, rock climbing or, you know, I could have gone to the, to, to the state fair, but no, you went with, you know, your family and, you know, my, my daughter who I love, who is the world to me, who is everything. My daughter, holy shit, if you know me and my daughter, my daughter is the reason for me being a man is the reason for me finishing education. My daughter is the reason for me to get up and do what I do and to face realities. It's my daughter's because it's my daughter, all my children, but my daughter, the seven-year-old, she's the one that deserves to have a good father, good mother, good grandmother, good friends, good everything. You know, she's seven-year-old. She's a little girl. Even if it's a little boy, don't get me wrong. You know, a child is a child. But, you know, my daughter in this instance, she deserves the best education, you know, that we give her the best home life in the best area with the best school so she can learn the most and be that person. You know, she deserves me to tell her that I love her every day, that I tell her how smart she is, how wonderful, how talented. Every day. Every day. So that she has that emotional strength to go to school to learn, to be happy, to be successful, to be creative, to show everybody who she is, what she's worth. Just like I had that fucking opportunity. Like I'm, just like I'm doing it now. At 47, I'm still pushing myself to show myself what I am worth, who I am. Who I am in life. What I am worth, you know, who I'm, I'm, I'm meant to be. I'm still trying to fucking figure it out. And that's how we all are. Is we're still trying to figure out, who the fuck are we? Why am I so unhappy in my relationship, in my life, in my job? Why? My fucking job is driving me crazy, but I gotta fucking do it. It's all I've been doing for 30 years. I don't know much more. And now I've got to be a good partner, a good parent, a good son, a good neighbor. I've got to endure politics. I've got to endure the crazy motherfuckers out there who don't give a shit. I've got to endure fucking Republicans. I've got to endure fucking Trump. Yeah, fuck Trump. But my seven-year-old, I've got to make sure she's happy, she's secure, she's understood, she's valued. So she can have a better experience than I had. I mean, I had a great experience, but she needs to have it 10 times better, 100 times better. She's going into second grade. She's like, Dad, why can't I want to go to school? I want to go to school. Yeah, honey, I can't wait to get you into school because I'm, I'm going crazy. So, yeah. Baby girl, the world is yours. We're going to work to give it to you. Go to school. Get your education. Go to college. Don't wait till the last minute in your 40s, late 40s to get your education to, you know. What I'm doing, I'm doing for you. I'm in college for you. I'm in debt for you. So you can see me. See, when you were smaller and I was in school, (coughs) excuse me, going to community colleges, you didn't understand. It was very inconsequential. You didn't know. You just knew daddy came home and you hung out. You're seven. We have conversations. You're smart. You explain things to me. You know, you see me going to school, you know, and, and I want that to show you that you can do it no matter how old you are. Wow, I'm pissed. I'm so fucking pissed. But you need to see what it is to be responsible, to find where you want to be, to find what you love, to find what excites you, what makes you happy, what makes you want to get up, go out and do what you want to do in the world. You know, you deserve to find out what makes you 
secure to be able to deal with the outside world that can tear you down, tear you apart, confuse you, fuck you. Fuck you and take it, want to take it all away from you. No, you deserve to, 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 to have that, that, that education, that mind that helps you understand, but that separates you from the fucking primates, that higher reason.